Welcome, everybody. This is Ryan Bobo, and unlike Alex Morgan, we are still allowed inside of the Epcot Center. This is the Nickel Blitz. Who is Alex Morgan, by the way? Alex Morgan is the goalie for the women's U.S. uh, soccer team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was thrown out of the Epcot Center at Disney World. uh, She plays for the Orlando Pride. I don't know. Nobody watches women's soccer when it's like the WMLS or MWLS. I didn't even even know that existed. Yeah, they have some women's uh, major league soccer equivalent. And uh, Alex Morgan plays for the team in Orlando. Uh, her boyfriend plays for the Orlando Pride, I believe it is. That's the MLS team that sits there. Yeah. And they, uh, those two, uh, one of his buddies and his that person's girlfriend, uh, were all shit-faced going around the world at Epcot, and they were thrown out. Really? And yes, they were. That was uh, funny. <laughs> yes, I, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, the fact is that it's Alex Morgan, and everybody lost their mind because she's like a gold medal, World Cup, whatever, bronze medal. Yeah. I, whatever the fuck the women's soccer team is, I don't know. I don't really pay that but, much attention to women's sports. So uh, just to recap what we've been talking about, the Louisville-North Carolina State game, I had uh, North Carolina State going up if Louisville couldn't jump up early, and we've already covered that a little bit. Uh, heading into Saturday, the game of the week that I've got marked is uh, number 21, West Virginia University, the Mountaineers, going to TCU in Dallas-Fort Worth uh, at 3.30 on Fox Sports Network. Uh, you're looking at a typical, traditional Big 12 game. The over-under line in Vegas is 69 points. I would be guessing that there's going to be more. TCU is 13-point favorites, but both of these teams have been averaging 48 points per game on both sides. West Virginia has given up 35 on average per game, and they've put up 56 or more in every single game that they've won. TCU has held every single team to 36 points or less. So, obviously, the key battle going into that is West Virginia's rushing offense against TCU's front seven, whereas West Virginia is putting up 231 uh, 231 yards rushing on average, and TCU is only allowing 95 yards a game. I've got TCU taking this in a close game, looking at maybe a seven-point difference at the most there. Uh, what, what do you have on that? So, I was looking into it, and it was basically... Like the the keys that I was seeing about it is, uh, it's a top twenty West Virginia offense versus a top twenty TCU defense. So I don't think I, I think they're going to be a little bit under that sixty nine point threshold just because I think TCU's defense is going to make a little bit of a stand. Um, and I'm going to say they win. TCU takes it by less than ten. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to say an even touchdown because it rarely ends up that way. But TCU is going to take the game for sure. Yeah, I've got TCU taking it. I think it'll be a little bit closer. This may be one of those games that goes down into overtime late. Uh, I can see that happening because the way that West Virginia's been playing, they've been lighting up the scoreboard. Granted, they dropped their one earlier this season. I can't remember who it's to because I'm way too drunk to remember that. But TCU was able to topple that air raid offense that West Virginia's kind of got built into their, their game plan 
with Oklahoma State and uh, Rudolph there. So yep. I could see TCU taking that one as well. Uh, the second second big game of the week, and pretty much the only other big game of the week that we have, is Washington State at Oregon. I've got Washington State at number 11 and Oregon at 24. However, this is the first road game that Mike Leach and the Cougars have been taking on this season. Uh, 5-0 and this season, all at home. This will be the first time that Washington State has left the state of Washington to play a single game. The first time they've left the confines of their own campus to play a game. Vegas has Washington State as two-point favorites, even after upsetting USC 30-27. to Cougars quarterback Luke Falk has 16 touchdowns on a season with only two interceptions and 75% completions. 75% completed passes on the season. The dude has 17,000 passing yards, and we're in week five already. Like that, 1,700. That's, yeah, I'm sorry, 1,700. 1,718 <laughs> passing yards completely. But, again, it is that air raid offense that Mike Leach brought with him that he instilled down there in, uh, what it was, at Texas Tech with uh, yes. Cliff Kingsbury, who is the current coach at Texas Tech. Uh, ESPN gives the Ducks a 67.1% chance to win, which is a perfect example of why ESPN sucks. Because Washington State is going to continue their winning ways, and they'll probably win by two touchdowns as I have it, and they will not drop again until uh, at least a couple weeks from now when they start getting into the depth of Pac-12 schedule. What do you think? That that is basically almost exactly what I had here. Uh, I said Washington State coming off that huge win against U- USC. I've got them uh, winning behind Mike Leach because he is, you know, an offensive genius. He he took. Texas Tech, who nobody even paid attention to, and now has turned to crap, and made them made them something for a few years when they upset Texas one year and upset Oklahoma another year. Um, I, I just don't think Oregon has done anything so far, in my opinion. Plus, they have, like we were talking about earlier, they have injuries to their quarterback and to their defense. They're, they're going to be playing underhanded against a, a Washington offense that's just too powerful. I've got them winning by about... I said 14, but it probably is going to be more than that. All right. So, all right, we're going to do some quick hitters on uh, college football here. I'm going to throw out the game. You give me your prediction. Uh, I've got Georgia versus Vandy. Uh, Georgia winning by 50 or more. 50 or more? Yes. Um, I don't really know much about Vanderbilt, but I definitely have Georgia winning. I, I, I haven't looked into Vanderbilt at all. So Georgia Georgia's definitely going to take that, though, because that entire – side of that that conference is terrible i think it was 24 to 17 last week uh florida beat vanderbilt is what it was uh (laughs) next game on my list i've got oklahoma playing iowa state oklahoma absolutely demolishes the cyclones in iowa state and it's not even close i'm looking at about 28 points here yeah i i would say roughly the same thing oklahoma's gonna put up over 50 on him for sure so Oklahoma did have a struggle there against Baylor with a conference team, but I think that was just a little bit of they, the I beat Ohio State hangover. That and, I mean, they didn't struggle offensively. It was just they couldn't stop Baylor. Well, that's that high-flying air raid offense that the Big 12 perplexes, but Iowa State does not play football that way. They are more of the traditional Big 8 yep. ground-and-pound game. Uh, Old Miss versus Auburn. So I'm literally just picking this based on what I want to happen, and I'm picking Auburn because I want Auburn to keep on a little higher note here and go into 
they've they've only lost to Clemson. Am I correct? Yes. So yeah, I want them to keep going here and give Alabama a little run as much as they're going to get out of anyone else in that conference. And in conjunction with this, uh, another SEC game. I have LSU versus Florida. <laughs> well, both of those schools are garbage at the moment after LSU lost to Troy and Florida's going through all their suspension issues. Uh, I, I mean, all logic says that Florida should win, but out of the out of what has gone on down there, I could see LSU pulling it off as like a bounce back game. So, so I have these past two games: the Old Miss Auburn and LSU versus Florida, uh, determining the entire strength of the SEC with the exception of Alabama. Now, yes. Auburn and Florida don't win by an impressive amount. Because, I mean, we all know that LSU is garbage at this point. And Auburn looks like a contender, but we can't really place them anywhere because they haven't played anybody yet. Now they're getting their first big school on their schedule. If they are able to take care of Ole Miss impressively, it'll make the SEC West look a little bit better. If LSU gets trounced by Florida as they should, I would hope, for the sake of Georgia, then I think the SEC looks like it may have four teams as opposed to just two, because right now it looks like Georgia and Alabama are in a collision course in the SEC championship down in Atlanta, and we all know how Alabama likes to travel when they go to that game. It always is impressive for Alabama. I'm really hoping that Georgia has finally got their shit together for once. And But at the same time, if you take a look at everybody that's coached underneath Nick Saban and played against Nick Saban as a head coach versus head coach ordeal, 0-8. Nick Saban has trounced every one of his protégés. I, I want to say it's like an average of 21 points. doesn't matter where the game is. So uh, on that note, we'll move to Big Ten, uh, Big Ten highlights. We've got Penn State. Going up against Northwestern. Penn State and Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern uh, is is definitely having a, I don't want to say down year, because what what is Northwestern? There's someone that you don't expect to have more than eight, nine wins to begin with. So, Harvard in the Midwest, um, right? Yeah, basically. If they win more than eight games, it's a shock to me, ever. But I, I, do, I do enjoy the coaching style of Pat Fitzgerald, for sure. But, Fair enough. Um, I I don't think they have any match for Saquon Barkley and Penn State though. Um, I I, I honestly think that uh Penn State is gonna struggle in the first half, and then they're finally gonna get their shit together and come out in the second half and dominate the Wildcats. That's how I see it. That's my prediction. I I'm not gonna give a score prediction on that. I just think that it's gonna be a close game going into half, and then Penn State will pull away in the second half. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Their their offense is uh not really built to explode off the off the rip, but they wear you down with that running game. So, fair enough. Moving to the ACC, we've got Wake Forest against Clemson. Now, <laughs> me personally, I think Wake Forest, that's a four and one team, is going to come out and they're going to stun Clemson. They're going to be leading at the end of the first quarter, okay. and then for the <laughs> second, third, and fourth, they're going to get their asses annihilated. Completely, and Clemson's back up <laughs> okay. to play the entire fourth quarter. I've got a bug of mine who likes to bet in Vegas here, and he uh, was telling me he's going to put anything he, 
any a little bit of money here on Wake Forest just because the odds. And I'm like, you go right ahead, but I, I really don't see Clemson taking any step backward right now. They, them and Alabama basically look like they're in a league of their own in in the whole NCAA at this point. Uh, at the same time, you could say they haven't really played anybody. I mean, I, I, I do played agree. Virginia Tech and Alabama's played uh, North Florida Carolina State. School of the Blind. Yeah, well, and Florida State. Yeah, well, Florida State. Yeah, we, was, we, we, one and yeah two I guess they were yes, a complete I, team at that point. They were a complete team when they played against Alabama. Exactly. And after that, they became... What they are now. Yeah, which, an atro- atrocity. Yeah. <laughs> Yet somehow still ranked. Or wait, no, nope, finally not ranked, actually. I'm looking uh, at yeah, right they now. just dropped out of the AP yeah. and the uh, coaches' Coach. polls and all that other BS. I had them in my rankings last week because an 0-2 team, an 0-2 Florida State team is still better than a 2-1 Florida team, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's even with all their quarterback struggles. I finally had Florida jump Florida State this week in our top 25. Speaking of Florida State, Miami is playing against Florida State. I think that this is going to be the first time in a while that Miami takes advantage uh, of a reeling Florida State Seminoles team, and they win by 17 or more. Oh, for sure. Miami's going to take that game. I'm... I'm really excited to actually see what uh, Mark Rick can do at, at Miami over the next couple of years. He, he was a great recruiter at, at Georgia, never could really win a, the big moment games, but um, I'm excited for that. And to mark a little note on your uh, things on why ESPN sucks, by the way, um, they still have Florida State projected to, they have a 63% chance to win this game. And Are you Miami only. Me? I am looking at it right now. <laughs> And a 37% chance for Miami. Are you are you kidding me? <laughs> I am writing that down as we speak. I cannot believe that. Uh, that is ridiculous to me. Now, I think that uh, Mark Richt, he struggles in the big games, and that's evident based on his uh, record in Georgia. However, I think that he's going to be able to rock the shit out of Florida State this weekend. Uh, I don't think it'll be a huge blowout, but it is going to be a big victory for Miami as they have struggled against every Florida team in the past, I don't know, decade. Uh, for this next one, I'm going to give you five games, and uh, it's going to be real quick uh, because I don't even know who they're playing against because my notes just say that Washington, Notre Dame, Ohio State, USC, and Alabama all win by 24 or more against their shitty opponent that I didn't even think to write down because they have no chance of winning this week. I I will agree with that. I do think Ohio State's game might be a little closer than expected. It's not going to be. It, they're not going to cover the spread, which is 31 points, is what I'm saying. I don't know. They beat the shit out of Maryland 52 to nothing in the past two years. Yeah, but. I just feel like Maryland's got a different thing going on this season so far. Yeah, they so I, I just don't. I, I well, that and I don't see them like their offense has been a little better than what they've been in the past. They also lost to Nebraska. Nebraska is awful. <laughs> uh, so I've got Virginia Tech playing against Boston College this week. Uh, I say it's going to be a uh, actually a close game. I'm not exactly sure what the spread is, but if it's less than 10 points, I would take Boston College on that because they will cover that spread. You think so? I think that Virginia Tech is going to struggle with their hangover with Clemson. They were at home against Clemson. They're traveling into a hostile Boston College area. 
And I think that Boston College keeps it close. They always seem to pull out professional-level linebackers and defenders on a consistent basis and produce them and put them into the NFL. It's not always the entire team, but there's always two or three players that end up being NFL NFL starters after graduating. Well, okay. Not leave I could, early. So I could see I could their see defense that. holding Virginia Tech tight and Virginia Tech not being able to adapt to it because they're still fucked up from losing to Clemson. I think it'll be a close game. I think Virginia Tech's going to win. But if the spread is less than 10 points, Boston College covers it. The spread is actually sitting at 16.5 points. Yeah, that would be a good pick for Boston College. I think they'll keep that close. You think they'll keep it close enough? I think that they will keep it close. So tell your buddy who likes to bet on games that that's a good one to bet on. Oh, I'm going to take Virginia Tech uh, just because – well, I mean, you're taking Virginia Tech, but I I think they're going to come out and want to get a little redemption for their loss against Clemson and try to prove that they're still an actual team. Fair enough. I can see that happening as well. However, I remember a Virginia Tech team that beat Ohio State in a uh, stunner a few years ago, and then after that they completely fell the fuck apart. Yes, they they blew up right in front of everybody. And they just had their first big game. And and not to mention, last year they had their big game against Tennessee, and they had it in, I think, uh, Bristol Motor Speedway. And oh, it was yeah. a huge game. It was hyped up like crazy, and then Clemson beat the shit out of Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech was never to be heard from again. They were ranked number 11. They disappeared off the fucking face of the earth after that, as far as I'm concerned. They may have been ranked some other week during that season, but they had nothing to do with anybody and determined the outcome of nothing after that. Virginia Tech will struggle, but I think they'll win the game. Uh, All right, so uh, I know this is a big game on your radar. I don't think it's that big of a game. I think it's pretty decisive. Uh, Michigan and Michigan State. So, personally, Michigan has not performed well. Um, in my opinion, their last few games offensively, their defense is still tough. I, I will say that, but I think this game's going to be close and it's going to come down to the wire. I could see Michigan State pulling it off, but my gut is saying that Michigan's still going to win by about a field goal. Did you know John O'Corn is the starting quarterback for Michigan for this game? I did. Okay. Spade, Wilson Spade, Spade, is, is, Spade out. is out for two or three weeks, isn't he? Uh, I'm not exactly sure the duration of his injury. I just know that he's out, and John O'Corn yes. is starting for the first time this season, this week. Uh, I've got Michigan State taking it, winning the game outright by less than seven points. I want to say it's probably one of those four-point, three-point games. Yeah, I could see it going that way, but, well, who knows with crazy-ass Jim Harbaugh, but personally, I would run the ball to death with that uh, I can't remember the name of the running back up there. That I, they've they use two guys, and one of them, from what I've seen, performs a lot better than the other. And so, I don't know why they don't use them more. I couldn't tell you because they haven't played a big game this season. I watched Michigan State play against Notre Dame. Michigan State got their asses whooped in the entire first three quarters, and then got a couple touchdowns in garbage time at the, at the during the game. But I I honestly think that Notre Dame's a little bit better than uh, most people put on, uh, than they are typically in most seasons because Notre Dame is normally garbage and overrated. I think they're rated appropriately this year, roughly the bottom of the top 25 team. Uh, I think that Michigan State is going to be able to pull this off, and there is no reason that they should not win this game 
unless they beat themselves. That is not including a great interception by Michigan's defense or uh, a great punt return or anything like that by Michigan. I think that Michigan State, the only way they lose this game is they beat themselves with a fumble, uh, a poorly thrown football for an interception, something like that. That's the only yeah. way that they lose this game, I think. I mean, I know a lot of people are picking them to lose, but then again, I live in Ohio where everyone wants Michigan, Michigan to lose yeah, all the time yeah, anyway. I, I completely understand that. <laughs> um, uh, so, moving on, we've got uh, Wisconsin uh, going up against somebody in the Big Ten that I don't have listed, <laughs> and Utah going against somebody in the Big 12, which I also don't Pac-12. have listed. Pac-12. Pac-12 or Big 12? Pac-12, sorry. Okay. Utah has a conference game, and Wisconsin has a conference game. I have them both taking care of business uh, and remaining uh, on their undefeated tracks. I think that Utah has one loss, maybe. Let me pull it up here. Uh, what what, what do you think about Utah and Wisconsin? Utah is undefeated at the moment. I was actually just looking at them when I was checking into the Pac-12 in general a little bit ago. He uh, or, uh, Utah, I believe, will... Probably take care of business until they get into the meat of the Pac-12. I don't know if they actually have to play Stanford this year or not, but I know that they will play. Oh, USC, they're playing Stanford UCLA. this week. That's exactly who they're playing. Utah is playing Stanford at Utah. Okay, that's going to be a tough game for them. I can tell you that. You you have them winning that though. I have Utah handling that pretty solid. I don't know some of these some of these running teams in in the country. They they. They seem to abandon what they know uh, very quickly when they get down, and it just baffles me. Because Stanford, if they can control the ball and keep the time of possession in their favor, they, they can definitely give them a run. I'm not going to disagree with that statement, but at the same time, I think Utah's defense this season, uh, they got caught last year. They were caught. They, were, they, they got comfortable. They were slowly moving up in the polls every single week, and then they got comfortable and upset by a Stanford team. I don't think they're going to let that happen for two years in a row. Yeah, I, I'm, I could see see your argument from that standpoint as well. All right, so uh, lastly for college football, before we move on to the pros, I have Central Florida and Sa- Sandy, uh, Central Florida and San Diego State University making their case for a top 15 ranking this week south florida is on a bye central florida is going to whoop that ass they are undefeated right now granted they had hurricane irma hashtag armageddon holding up their uh their season for the beginning and uh san diego state university has been on a tear recently i don't know if you've been paying attention to any of those games out there uh, San Diego State is going up against UNLV. I can't remember who UCF is going against. Uh, I do not have it on my screen right now. However, they're both going to win by roughly about 28 points. Uh, San Diego State will probably win by more. However, San Diego State is fighting for a new stadium because they are closing down Qualcomm at the end of the year. So Central Florida is playing Cincinnati, which is a night game in Cincinnati. So, I mean, there's a little home field advantage thing, but I don't see that being an issue for Central Florida. Just looking at uh, their their schedule so far, they yeah, you've got a point there. They've only played three games because they had Armageddon. three cancels. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Armageddon. All right. So let's make this transition to the NFL. 
All right, moving on to the NFL. We have the Thursday night game of the Patriots winning 19-14 to against the Buccaneers in what was probably the most boring fucking Thursday night game that I've ever seen. Bengals at Texans was more exciting than that. Ah, wow. Yeah. I'm a Bengals fan, and I don't even agree with that. Yeah, the only good thing, the only that. exciting thing about that was seeing Deshaun Watson run that 44-yard touchdown. Other Look, than man, that, it was a boring game. Look, man, I'm just going to tell you that uh, the memes speak for themselves when they're talking about Nick Folk and his kicking ability on Madden completely to the left. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... He did get fired, right? Uh, I'm not sure if he got cut yet or not. What are they going to do? Call upon the ghost of Robert Agonio? You can call somebody else. Come on. Mike Nugent's a free agent, kidding. isn't he? Uh, maybe. I th- he was on a team in preseason. I know that. Um, but yeah, still got I, his I autograph on an Ohio State football. I know that much. But Tampa Bay losing that game off a, th- they only lost by five points. He makes two of those field goals, and they win the game. Yes, and they they <laughs> one of the two of them were less than forty yards, I believe. The other one was a forty-nine yarder. Okay, sure, you can have a break on that one, but the other two, you are within. Any distance that you should be making it because oh, those are extra so points sad. at this point. You know what's crazy is Stephen Goskowski made uh, kicks from the same type of distance yes. throughout that game. Yes, yes, he did. Very, all right, very so, well. All right, so, so we're going to move on to the Sunday games. Uh, we're going to start with a one o'clock and move on until eventually we get to Monday. We're going to do some uh, quick hits on these early ones. Uh, anything that you feel that you want to break down, please let us know. Uh, for the first game of the afternoon, we've got Jets at Browns. <laughs> and yeah, probably what is the game that nobody other than Jets fans or Browns fans are going to watch because no one else gives a shit. Yeah, other than uh, maybe the fantasy impact of Belial Power, Duke Johnson, no one cares. But, um, so Browns will lose again unless somehow Deshaun Kaiser can stop turning the ball over five times a game. Um, New, New York came out of nowhere last week and rushed for over 200 yards on a defense that it, it has been improving in Jacksonville. So I don't see the Jets taking any steps back against Cleveland. Yes. So, so here's an interesting game for you. Carolina Panthers at the Detroit Lions. That is definitely the game of the slot at the 1 o'clock time slot there. Um, I think so. So I, I definitely think so. you got two 3-1 uh, teams. We, what do you we, got? You, I've got a Chargers-Giants game for an interesting see, I see slot. That, but we'll, that's, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, though. I, I'm talking about the top of the NFC here, ranking record-wise is playing playing each other. Granted, Carolina coming off a big win against the Patriots, who most people weren't giving them a chance in that because Cam Newton has been awful other than last week. All yeah. right, so so who do you think is going to have a better performance here, Cam Newton or Matt Stafford? Matt Stafford. think so. Sure. Yes, for sure. He's got more weapons available to him. Um, I know Car- I know. Cam has Benjamin and a so-called emerging Funchess um, out there at receiver, and he's got the ever-dangerous McCaffrey in his backfield. But without his safety net and Greg Olson, I I still don't think he has found a way to really cope with that. Like last week, he he threw to Funchess for two touchdowns. Do you think that uh, Cam Newton is finally going to learn how to throw a short pass? No. 
He's going to overthrow if, everything. If, if, he, if he knew how to throw, throw a short pass, Christian McCaffrey would be having 10, re- 10 receptions a game right now, and he's not. <laughs> I, McCaffrey, I, McCaffrey is not being utilized down there is basically what I'm getting at. But I understand. with Detroit, they also have a top corner there in Darius Slay who is going to just uh, – Kelvin Benjamin's not going to be a factor. So Detroit, um, I'm going to go – they're at home. I'll, I'll give them an extra field goal. I'm going to say they're going to win by 10 points. Fair enough. Fair enough. Lions by 10. Uh, Colts and 49ers. Another just shit game no one will be watching other than fans of those two teams. Um, um, I could see this game going like the San Francisco-Los Angeles Rams game went. High scoring. Yes, yeah, very, very high scoring to me. Um San Francisco has some weapons that they should be able to utilize with Pierre Garcon and Carlos Hyde. With those weapons there in San Francisco that never get utilized any other time because they have no offensive line, um, they they should be able to play pretty decent against an Indianapolis team who somehow put up 35 points on Seattle. Who are you taking in this game? I, I'm going to take San Francisco um, simply because of the run game. Uh, we're at a disagreement because I'm going to take the Colts based on their defensive backfield. I think that uh, Hooker Malik is going to have a huge a, game this week. I just just picked him up, actually, in my IDP league. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. That dude is probably going to snipe a couple picks out of the out of the uh, defensive backfield. and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he runs one back for a touchdown because the San Francisco 49ers, even though they turned the ball over multiple times throughout the season, they seem to not be able to adapt to the sudden change of an interception or a fumble and give up a lot of uh, defensive touchdowns. Yeah, fair enough. I, I haven't paid that much attention to San Francisco, other than the fact that Carlos Hyde's still averaging good amount of yards per game. <laughs> fair enough. All right, so the next game we've got on the slot is the Tennessee Titans Markless, Marcus Mariota list against the Miami Dolphins. Um, so, and you also said Mariota list. He's technically a game-time decision at the moment. He has n- not practiced this week, and I understand he sat out uh, I believe it was two and a half quarters last week. So if, Marky, uh, if Marcus Mariota does not play, they are garbage. Um, yes, unless somehow Demarco Murray can run the ball. But Miami is also garbage. So who, who are we taking in this crap Miami Tennessee game? There, I'm taking Tennessee. Absolutely. You're gonna take the Mariota list Tennessee. Yes, with, a, with Demarco Murray, that who you said signed, is killing you. <laughs> the look, man, they signed Brandon Whedon this week. <laughs> and he's going to be a great defensive player for that terrible dis- Tennessee defense that they have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so here's here's my thought: If Miami hands the ball off to JGI more than more than ten times, you know, since that's all they decided to give him the last two weeks, if they actually can ha- find a balance on offense and not put the game in Cutler's hands, they're going to win this game. But it, on that note, if Mariota is a true Game time decision, and he does play. It's not even gonna be close. Tennessee's gonna win. Fair enough. All right, so we got your team, the Cincinnati Bengals, heading at home against the Buffalo Bills. Now, yeah. before you even start on this, I would like to make note that the Bills are a legit contender this season, not uh, because no. they are number one in the AFC East. Yes, no. number one in the AFC East. They are a Head of the Patriots right now. I think the Bills are a legit team this season. 
I wow. do because of their defense. Wild card contenders. Yes, very much so. Their their defense is uh, very tough. They just beat Atlanta last week and forced Matt Ryan to turn the ball over, I believe, three times. So, yes, they did. Um, if that translates into anything to playing against the Bengals and playing against Andy Dalton, who turns the ball over five times against the Baltimore Ravens of all teams, um, yeah, Buffalo is going to definitely take this. Um, but if Dalton can with not turn the ball over so much and they and Mixon somehow comes alive, they, they might have a chance. But I at this point, uh, with the team so far this season, I'm going to go Buffalo and I'm going to go by two touchdowns. While we're because on this game, one of those will be a one of those will be a defensive touchdown. Fair enough. All yeah. right, moving on. We've got the game of the week in my book, the San Diego. Um, I'm just telling you right now that no one cares that the Chargers are in Los Angeles, and there has been a rumor going around, and I cannot attest to its trueness or not, that they are floating the idea that the Chargers move back to San Diego. Wouldn't be a bad idea, but Eli uh, Manning versus Philip Rivers, the two quarterbacks that switched spots in the draft that they came out of. So I think the Giants are going to get on track here and take their first win just because the Chargers can't seem to stop a passing game. Now, me personally, I think the Giants are going to win, but not because that they're going to win this game. I think that San Diego, I'm sorry, Los Angeles is going to lose this game as Phillip Rivers loses his shit again this week on his offensive coordinator. Did you see that dude yelling at his helmet? No, not at all. You didn't see that? All right. So last week, that. last week, in case you guys didn't know, I'll put it up on the page. Philip Rivers, or maybe it was fourth and short. Philip Rivers was getting ready to take a snap, and he completely stopped in his count, and he started to walk towards the sideline as if they were going to take a timeout or anything like that. A delay game, timeout. I can't remember exactly what it was. Philip Rivers completely lost his shit, yelling. And you know how Philip Rivers is when he gets to his, his agitated phase. He gets all twitchy and everything. He he took his helmet off. He ripped it off by his own face mask and pulled his helmet down in front of him. And he yelled into his helmet as if he was yelling at his offensive coordinator who was giving him the play from the box. Or telling him to take a knee or whatever the fuck it was that the offensive coordinator was telling him. He lost his shit, was screaming at his helmet, and then threw it when he got back to the sideline. Now, me as a Denver Broncos fan, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. But at the same time, I feel bad for Phillip Rivers because that dude had the capability to be a Hall of Fame quarterback and just got stuck on a shitty team with shitty coaches. It had yes. nothing to do with the ability of talent that was on that roster. He had LaDainian Tomlinson. He had Drew Brees as a mentor. He had yeah. a great offensive line. His defense wasn't lights out, but his defense was competitive. I think the Giants take this one. It's probably a 14.1. Probably close to I'm, I'm going to give him 10 points. Fair enough. 10 All points right. because of garbage time with Phillip Rivers. Fair enough. All right, moving on. We've got the Jaguars at Pittsburgh. Like I was just telling you, Pittsburgh's at home. Um, ben Roethlisberger plays better at home. Antonio Brown and him got into a scuffle last week, but I see them getting over that. Antonio Brown gets his typical 10 targets. Le'Veon Bell has been getting back on track since he's, you know, been back with the team. And they are going to beat Jacksonville. 
I agree. I agree. Pittsburgh takes this one. All right. Next, we've got the Battle of the Birds, the Cardinals at the Eagles. Uh, I've got Carson Wentz, the North Dakota State quarterback, taking this game completely over and making Carson Palmer look like he should have retired when he actually, quote unquote, retired from Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Um, I see Philadelphia winning. I, I see it probably being roughly around like 35-24, um, Arizona's going to get a touchdown or two in the second half, trying to make a little comeback. But Carson Wentz has looked like a top-five quarterback all year right now, and he is just playing like a completely renewed player in comparison to what he was at the tail end of his rookie season. You want to know the best part about Carson Wentz being good? He What's is that? my backup quarterback in my fantasy football league, and my Who is yours? my starting quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Oh, okay. So I'm basically say? on hold of two great quarterbacks, and no one can do anything yeah. about it until they offer me a goddamn wide receiver trade because mine are terrible. <laughs> oh, that is the opposite of what I have because I don't draft quarterbacks early in. I fantasy. didn't draft quarterbacks early either. Like I said earlier, I got auto-drafted, and it fucking sucks. All right, so that game ended out our one o'clock slate. Uh, his game of the game of the slot is New York versus Los Angeles Chargers, and mine was the Lions versus the Panthers. Don't forget um, about the Jets versus Browns. That's a sleeper on everybody. Yeah, make sure you try and tune in for that one. Moving on to the four o'clock time slot, we've got the first game coming off as the Seahawks and the Rams. Now I look at this as a now this is going to be a topple of the NFC West that we've known. We've all known that the Seahawks and the quote unquote twelfth man, and I say quote unquote because Texas A&M claimed that shit a long ass time ago. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit, Seattle. I think that the Rams are going to take this game because the Rams' offense seems to be something that we saw before. Maybe the greatest show on turf, reminiscing. Ah, I wouldn't say their weapons are quite that great. Isaac Bruce and uh, I can't even think of the other receiver at the moment. Torrey Holt. There we go. They, they, them with Kurt Warner. That was something to watch. But and they had Marshall Falk, one of the best receiving backs in ever. But anyways, Los now, Angeles has won, I believe, two out of three against Seattle recently. And um, I'm going to pick the Rams as well, simply because of their offensive prowess so far this season. And because Seattle's offensive line is garbage. And the strength of the Rams defense is their defensive line. Now, I think the Rams are going to take this one based on the fact that they have a two-pronged offense. They have a running game and a passing game. I'm not going to say that their uh, wide receivers are the same as the greatest show on turf that we saw with Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce, but I do think that Todd Gurley is able to make them look like the greatest show on turf. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, they got Sammy Watkins in the offseason, and this Cooper Cup rookie kid, he is a... coming on the scene as well as a great slot guy. And, yeah, I could definitely see uh, them turning into a, something special to watch out there. But I, I see them – I actually got them ranked higher than Seattle in my power rankings as well. So um, I would def- I'm would i taking the Rams for sure. The next game that 
is on the slot, though, that I personally want to talk about because fuck the Oakland and Baltimore game. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second because that takes five seconds. But Dallas and Green Bay. The uh, quote-unquote Fox National Game of the Week or whatever yes, the fuck America's they call it. America's Game of the Week. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Who gives a shit? America's Game yeah. is always involving the Cowboys for some reason. Typically, yes. <laughs> um, this does involve two high-powered offenses, though which will be a fun game to watch. Now, um, I don't think it's such so much a game of high-powered offense as it is a game of the lack of defense. That, too. Uh, the Cowboys didn't decide to spend their money out at defensive back, and they let Brandon Carr, along with their other starting corner, leave this offseason, and that has really shown to hurt them so far. But Green Bay... Really, yeah, they, they don't ever improve on defense, and I don't understand what they're doing with that. They, they continuously do nothing in the defensive backfield. They keep drafting and hope it, hoping it's going to help, and it's, it's just not. You're, they're going to have to go out there and get somebody to help that backfield. Morgan Burnett is a solid player, but they, at, their, at, their defensive, at their corners, they're very weak, which is why Des Bryant and Jordy Nelson are both going to have games of the week because Jordy Nelson facing Dallas's weak defense and Des Bryant facing Green Bay's weak defense is going to be a, a shootout from what I can see. Um, how, how do you so, think Bennett's going to play for the Packers? Martellus Bennett has he's been up and down so far. He is getting more targets than I've seen Aaron Rodgers throw to a tight end in quite some time. Um, but that's also been due to the injuries at receiver. You had Randall Cobb out at one point, Jordy Nelson out at one point, and Devontae Adams, I don't know if he's actually going to play this week. I but believe he he's out. coming back. He's going to be able to play. I believe That's he's coming be back after that tr- uh, atrocious hit. Oh, uh, yeah. That, and by the way, that atrocious hit was completely by accident. Oh, yeah. Of course. I understand that Danny Trevathan got a two-game suspension, but that was one an game. accident. Yeah, it was reduced to one game. Um, I can see how it's an accident. He was playing to the whistle, though. So I get uh, it. You're playing to the whistle. You're fucking hitting the dude that just caught the ball. It makes sense. The dude just happened to come down a little bit. It was a complete accident. There was no foul play intended. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Um, regardless, with uh, the Packers, even with their injuries they have, it, Aaron Rodgers is a master of being of pocket awareness. So he, he he's going to be able to get out of there. But Dallas does have a uh, DeMarcus Lawrence, who is a pass rusher to watch in the future. He he already has, I think, six sacks through four or five games here. I believe. He, he, yeah, he is going to be something to watch down there in Dallas. But um, Aaron Rodgers will be able to adjust, and uh, they, will, they will get Ripkowski or somebody in there to help block on that side. Um, I see Green Bay winning this by, I'm actually going to give them two touchdowns because (laughs) Dallas has abandoned the run too early in past games, like with Denver, where Zeke had eight carries. So yeah, where did his carries get him though? (laughs) I understand, but you can't just abandon your whole game plan because Dak's not a guy who's going to win you a game by himself. While we're on the topic of Denver, all I'm going to say is the no-fly zone has a very good orange crush front seven sitting in front of it. Yeah, it does. That defense is the key to them being successful this season, for sure. 
Demarcus but, Lawrence is the guy's name, by the way. Is that not what I said? I believe that is what you said. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I, I know. He's in my IDP league as well. Fair um, enough. Yeah, I picked him up week two. But anyways, uh, Green Bay, I think, takes this game. And I'm giving the edge simply because of Aaron Rodgers um, and the Jordy Nelson combination. Like that. That's a lot to stop. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to take this game over, maybe throw a touchdown to Martellus Bennett on an unexpected, uh, what do you want, those uh, play action, boot legs. Yeah. He'll probably hit him on one. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Packers will probably take his one. I've got it by seven. Uh, yeah, I'm giving him a two touchdown just because of the experience of Rodgers, really. That's, that's basically it. All right, so I got uh, we skipped one here, but we'll come back to it. Uh, the Ravens and the Raiders in the battle of the backup quarterbacks. I mean, Joe Flacco versus backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah, Joe Flacco has looked god awful. Surprise, surprise! I don't, I don't know if he is still hurt or whatever, but I they got him a elite. weapon. But they, they got him another weapon with Jeremy Macklin and. For some reason, Macklin keeps going to teams that don't want to use him, and I don't understand it. Um, but they, they have done nothing. They, they do have a guy named Alex Collins who has been successful on the limited amount of carries he's had, but there's no way an NFL running back sustains 8.9 yards per carry. Yeah, so, especially when you're running three running backs in your yeah, running yeah. back by committee bullshit. Yeah, and when you are fumbling the ball every three or four carries, too, uh, Collins has Fumbled, I think, three times in two games. So another reason to watch out for him. But Oakland playing with EJ Manuel, who I turned the game off after Derek Carr got hurt last week. I, I heard he didn't play. I heard he didn't play terrible during that time. But at the same time, I mean, unless they can figure out a way to run the ball, which they have not done at all, you get Marshawn Lynch and can't don't even give him the opportunity to, to succeed again. I don't understand what's with these teams. They're but, treating him like Adrian Peterson, like he's over the hill, and they're not giving the opportunity to run the ball. Then why did you ask him to come back? You didn't ask him to come back. You said, hey, man, do you want to play for us? Yeah. I don't think I it's guess. so much as a, I, hey, man, <laughs> we need you, as opposed to, hey, man, do you want to come back? Yeah. Well, see, my whole thing about Peterson is he dug his hole, and he picked a team that he knows does not. Run the ball. That that's his fault for going yes, to New York. That is his there fault. There are there are other teams that would be using him very successfully at this point. Seattle, the Giants. Um, those are just two of the ones that I can think of off the top of my head that are good teams that could use a good running back. However, uh, if you take a look at some other running backs that have come back recently, like uh, Jamal Charles. Yes, he has looked looked to improve, which is why I was actually. Uh, moving, trying to move C.J. Anderson in my personal league. But um, let's see here. With the Oakland-Baltimore game, I am giving Oakland the edge just because they're at home and they have better weapons on the outside. If E.J. Manuel Manuel can use Michael Crabtree like Derek Carr does, I don't see a reason why they will lose that game. Now, I just want to throw this out there. Armani Cooper continues to struggle against Ohio State defensive backs as he was completely shut down by Bradley Roby last week. 
Yes, by the, Bradley Roby and the rest of that secondary. Bradley Roby was covering him exclusively for three-fourths of that game. Oh, I did not know that. Absolutely, I was all over it. I've got a Bradley Roby jersey, and that is probably my favorite player on the Denver Broncos defense, even though everyone hates him. Moving on to the late-night Sunday game, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs in their third straight primetime slot game against the Houston Texans with... What's his name? Deshaun uh, Watson. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, the good rookie coming out of Clemson there. Now, I think that this is going to be a, uh, a a good game. Now, I've got Kansas City winning this one by a field goal or less. See, I've got them winning by a touchdown um, just because I – so Deshaun Watson will probably continue to have a great season because that's what happens with these dual-threat quarterbacks – when they come out of college, is they come out, no one knows what they're going to do. They play one great season, There's then they have a slof- sophomore slump, which, you know, we've seen with uh, RG3, Cam RG3. Newton. Yep. Um, yep, yep. Not, so much, not so much Russell Wilson, but um, those there two are some of the recent ones. Um, Kansas City, Alex Smith, I don't know what he's doing right now. He is playing like a different quarterback. Now, um, now let, let me throw into pers- uh, perspective when we're talking about Alex Smith here. Alex Smith was already told that he is pretty much playing for his job in the NFL, not with his job with the Chiefs. And yeah. I think that that has opened the door a little bit when it comes to these play calls for the offensive coordinator. They already drafted the kid out of TCU to take his spot. Or I'm, I'm sorry, Texas not TCU, Tech. Texas Tech. Uh, the the big-ass fucking quarterback that they got. He's I like six foot six. Name. He's tall as shit. First-round draft pick. I can't think of his name. They've already said that he is the quarterback of the future. When it comes to the Chiefs' play call, Alex Smith, hey, this is our option. We've got option one and option two because that's how NFL plays called. Yeah, yeah. So he's taking the more risky play, and he's actually trying to make a play on it as opposed to being a game manager and taking the safe play. I think that he's throwing his balls out there a little bit more. Hey, I'll take the risk because it's my job that's on the line. You, y'all ain't going to get fired. Mahoney. Yeah. No, no, that ain't it. Mahomes. Oh, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. That's it. So I think the fact that his job is on the line in the NFL, not as a Chiefs quarterback, but as an NFL quarterback, period, is playing into the fact that maybe he's going all out and showing a little bit more risk because he knows he's in that Brett Favre situation where he is not the quarterback next year. He is in a contract year. He's got to play for a job next season. And I think that the Chiefs are going to take this one by three just because Deshaun Watson is a extremely versatile quarterback and he makes shit happen because he's trying to prove himself. So you've got a guy that's in a contract here trying to prove himself as an NFL quarterback and you've got a rookie who's brand new trying to show his teammates that he's the one that they can depend on. Yeah, I definitely see that, but I'm giving the Chiefs the edge simply because of their total weapons on offense. Oh, Lamar yeah, Miller, absolutely. Lamar Miller and those guys are not uh, what Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are. So um, I, I do expect it. Uh, yes, I do expect it to be a decently high-scoring game, though, somewhere in like the 31, 31-27, 31-24 range. All yeah. right, moving on to Monday Night Football. We've got the Vikings at Chicago in Soldier Field against the Bears. 
Yeah, uh, the Bears are still, you know, not a top team at all. They did end up beating the Steelers, which I loved a couple weeks ago. But uh, Minnesota, even with a backup quarterback, has played well enough to stick with, I wouldn't say the top teams, but it definitely the mid, mid-tier and low-level teams like Chicago is. So Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, those guys are too much for Chicago to stop. And Minnesota's defense isn't as good as what I was initially thinking, but to be able to stop Mitch Trubisky in his opening night game on in prime time, I think that Minnesota is going to be able to take care of that pretty easily. They'll throw some different blitzes at him, and yeah, he, they're going to have to utilize Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen a lot to try and do anything against that Minnesota defense. Now, now here's a question for you. Is a uh, Sam Bradford back in the lineup yet? So I actually hit on this on my uh, quarterback rankings uh, for fantasy on the Nickel Blitz page there. Um, so Sam Bradford has technically been ruled a game-time decision, just like he has been the last two weeks. He has practiced two days this week instead of just one, but I personally, it's a Monday night game, I would not be comfortable playing him if I was playing fantasy, for instance. If he is back, I don't I, I don't know what to expect from him, honestly. We last time we saw him was week one where he lit it up and threw for three hundred and some yards. He had arguably his best game of his career. So I, I don't expect him to play to that level after sitting for three weeks though. You don't think so, huh? I, I just can't expect him to. If he does, it would like it would be a wonderful thing, and I would like to see him actually play like what he should have been when he was drafted as the number one quarterback in his draft. So basically, a Vikings quarterback is out of the question for you to take for a fantasy football starting quarterback this week. Simply because it's a risk if he doesn't play. If you I if you want if, if you're comfortable with taking Case Keenum. If uh, Bradford gets ruled out and you have the spots for him, go right ahead. Case Keenum was lighting it up a couple weeks ago. I, I oh, hit on and him. He actually had a hard. decent week last week. Absolutely. Not near, not near what he did the first week, but I do think that um, there are better options on the Sunday slots because so you got the the crap games between you know the Jets and the Browns and the 49ers and the Colts. Nobody has any of those quarterbacks on their teams. Brissett is averaging 21 points, I believe, right now as a fantasy quarterback because he's rushed a touchdown in each week. And he's not turned the ball over too many times. I think he's turned it over, I think, three times in his three weeks. Something like that, maybe four times. So I I just think there's better options if you're strapped at quarterback because you had Let's say you had Drew Brees or Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins, and you didn't draft two quarterbacks. What do you think your boldest boldest prediction of the week is? Boldest prediction of the week just by looking at the uh, matchups here. My my personal prediction is that the Lions take a top their place in the – NFC after they beat Carolina and they give they're going to end up giving Green Bay a run for their money in that division especially if Green Bay continues to have all these injury issues that they've had so far um, 
that, that's basically as bold as I'm getting at this point. Since that was my game of the week, I'm going with Lions. Fair and enough. That, that, their, their turnaround here, even where no one was really expecting it. My boldest prediction of the week is going to be that Michigan State upsets Michigan on the college level. And I know that we're touching on two completely different sets of football. However, I do believe that the Spartans are going to pull the upset this week at home in East Lansing against the Michigan Wolverines. All right, everybody. Just so you know, this has been the Nickel Blitz. And uh, I am Ryan Bobo. And this has been Jared Bobo. And we have hit you with pretty much everything that we can think of for football that you need to know this weekend. Anything that you want to add? Any fantasy questions, feel free to hit us up on the Nickel Blitz page on Facebook and also on the Twitter feed. Um, or you can uh, message me on Twitter as well at uh, J- Jared Bobo 13 underscore Bobo 13. Fair enough. All right. And that'll be it for today's podcast. Uh, I hope that you took something from this. And as we move on, we will be looking for your thoughts and inputs as we continue to evolve what we are exactly touching on. This has been (laughs) the Nickel Blitz. 